how's your day been, my dude? Dude, dude, the cleaners in the library kept getting closer and closer to me as I was working, and I was so stressed out because they started on the other end, and that's why I sat on the end I did, and they just like kept coming. Kept coming. The sharks, the sharks the in the water. Start coming, and they <laughs> don't stop coming. coming. The cleaning people are doing such a good job, but they just got closer and closer to me. And I was like, do I need to leave? Would they tell me if I need to leave? And no one told me to leave, so I didn't leave. But Wow. You rebel. You rebel. the podcast where two friends sip tea and spill the beans on books we need to read. Welcome to the new the new intro. 2020 refresh. <laughs> it's painful out here today. Why do you sound like a Midwestern newscaster? Because <laughs> I am. You sound, are, you, are you Garrison Keillor? Is this like <gasps> That's Wobegon? the dream. The dream. Anyways, need to get a little more folksy for that. Mm, you're right. Where's my mucklucks? <laughs> and my overalls. Oh no. It's been a long day, my dude. <sighs> Anyways, my name is Jane. And I'm Mackenzie. Welcome to Swilling Tea. Oh boy. Boy, howdy. Wow, we are feeling off today. We're got. <laughs> <laughs> I do not know what I was going to say. <laughs> we're got. You were, we're putting that on we're got. We're got. We're got. We're got. That's it. I'm That's making the new really thing. good observations today. We're got. We're got. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So. Yeah, this is fine. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, welcome. Um, if you have not listened to our I guess the episode right before this one would recommend checking that out if you're interested in like updates that have happened because yeah. if you just come right into this from our last few episodes, you might be a little confused. Yeah, so <laughs> highly recommend not skipping the update. I know everyone skips the like updates episodes, yeah. but like actually don't skip this one because you might be a little confused. Yeah, so Mackenzie has the tea today, which means she'll be going first. So, Mackenzie, take it away. So, I actually have a grand reveal. So, I have on a chair a bunch of things relating to my book and tea. I'm stressed. Which Jane does not know anything about. I'm stressed. And they are a scarf because I wanted to have them all here so I didn't have to, like, run and get them. So, would you like to watch my grand reveal? I'm stressed. Whoa. I can't see anything from here, but it looks like a tea box and a box of buttons? Oh my god, it's Oscar Wilde. <laughs> oh, it's every piece of not even. Oh every my piece god, of there's so many buttons. I own. I have more buttons in my Carol in the library, and oh I didn't want to take off my wall. I have Oscar Wilde bunting with pictures oh. and quotes from him. 
My God. So I adore Oscar Wilde. Um, that's a really fun fact about me. Uh, yeah, Jane is sitting here staring at my Oscar Wilde button collection and I, my Oscar Wilde necklaces and like... I think my favorite is The Aesthetic Dude. I bought those on Ooh. Etsy. Ah. They're creations of like old like cartoons that were done of Oscar Wilde in the time period. I love this because one. Because he was really, I mean, we'll get into this more, but he was well known for being like kind of a dandy. Like he yeah. cared a lot about his appearance and he was really renowned for like the way that he dressed, so they often would kind of make fun of him for that or portray him in this way. So a lot of these pins, they're all recreations of like actual like cartoons that were made often for newspapers in the period. But yeah, so he's very effeminate looking in a lot of these. He's very, you know. We should like, post a picture of these. We should post a picture of these. I can get the, the extra Twitter. ones from the library. But yeah, and then this one actually my sister bought for me. When she saw it in a bookstore oh, and was like, you like Oscar I think you Wilde. showed me that one. It just says wild about books and it has I his picture. I and really I have this like, necklace that I wear like all the time. You do. I really like the, by Billy Carter, the author of Kissing and Squeezing. The Aesthetic Dude, songs and choruses. Yeah. I so love it. something by Oscar Wilde. Do you have a guess? God, it has to be something I haven't read. What haven't I read? Oh no. I can't think of a single Oscar Wilde book in this moment. He only wrote one, so don't worry. Oh, the picture of Dorian Gray! We were talking yes. about this! So I am covering the picture of Dorian Gray, which, as I said, is the only full-length novel that Wilde yeah. ever wrote. He is... I will wait to get into all of that. But, yeah. So the picture of Dorian Gray, his most famous novel, because it's his only one, but it is one of his more... the most famous out of all of the his works of writing that he did. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's his only novel. Um, it was published in, I should have looked this up. I think it's 1890, but I'm going to uh, triple check that. Yeah, it's 1890. Or 1891, according Ooh. to my um, easy eye, large type for easy readers edition. <laughs> I bought this at a used bookstore. I am holding up the most, like, decrepit copy of the picture of Dorian it's Gray. It's so beautiful. That I think has ever existed. I think I paid 50 cents for this. Like, it was dirt cheap. It was... Yeah, it's falling apart, and it's a Magnum Easy Eye edition. I love. I love it very much. So the picture of Dorian Gray, I feel like a lot of people have heard of it, but I always kind of wonder. It's one that's kind of in the popular zeitgeist and that you've heard of it, but do you really, like, know what happens? Like, you kind it's of kinda... know about the painting, but, like, I've reading it for the first time, which I actually did earlier, technically last year. Yeah. I read it last June. May, June, like I was home for the summer. I was reading it while I was, it was really slow at the restaurant that I waitress at. So I was reading it a lot at work in the early yeah. part of the summer. <laughs> Big mood. So those are my memories of it. But it's one that had been on my list forever because I really love Oscar Wilde and I just hadn't gotten to it. And I finally was like, I'm going to buy this dirt cheap copy from the bookstore and just like go to town. And yeah, I, I had heard of it and I was a wild fan, but honestly, like I kind of knew what happened, but I didn't really know what happened. So the basic plot of the story is the a young man. Is that a helicopter? Sorry, there was <laughs> there was just like a whirling that just passed our room. Who knows? All right, you were saying. Right. So the basic plot is there's a beautiful young man named Dorian Gray, and he's he's young, he's gorgeous, he's very pretty. You know, he's all those things. He's mm. he's very effeminate in the way he's described, mm -hmm. and he's having a portrait painted by Basil Hallward, who is you know a painter, and he's kind of a, mor a pretty moral man. Like he considers himself to be pretty upstanding. 
And Basil Hallward considers Dorian to be like his muse and is like really enamored by his beauty and is like obsessed with painting. And he's like, oh my God, this is going to be the best painting I've ever done. Like, I can't possibly display it because like, I think there's a line in the book of I've put too much of myself into it. And he's like, this is too personal of a painting. Like, it's beautiful, but I don't want anyone else to see it. So while Dorian is having this portrait painted by, I think it's actually Basil because they're British. So Basil. not Basil, it's probably Basil. It's probably Basil. It's That's Basil. my grandpa's middle name. <laughs> it's probably Basil then. But Wait, no. That's my dad's middle name. <laughs> Shit. Basil. Basil, so yeah. Apologies for saying Basil. I'm just a dumb American. Yeah, you are. <laughs> so are you. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> but I so, acknowledge it. While Basil is painting this picture of Dorian... Um, Lord Henry Wotton, who's a friend of Basil's, is kind of there while this is being painted, and he's just, you know, chatting and being friendly, but he starts talking a lot about his kind of, like, hedonistic worldview, where he's like, all that you need is, like, beauty and luxury and excess, and, like, the mm. world's about, there are basically, like, there are beautiful things in the world, experience them, like, don't, you know, be, don't worry about doing what's right, just worry about, like, living your life and focusing on all of these beautiful, like, luscious things that are out there. I was going to say a more, ex- like, a- a- aesthetic. aesthetic. Thank you. I'm struggling with words today. Yeah. An aesthetic Donald Trump. And then you continued. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nah, that ain't it. <laughs> nah, that ain't it. That no. ain't it, chief. That ain't it, chief. <laughs> no. But so Lord Henry Watton is there. And he's kind of talking up, you know, all these worldviews. And um, he makes this remark that beauty is the only aspect of life worth pursuing. Ooh. Which prompts Dorian to basically have a small breakdown because he's like, oh my god, this, the painting is so beautiful and, you know, I as a person am only going to get uglier and uglier and this painting will stay beautiful forever. Damn. So Dorian wishes that his portrait would age instead of him. Oh. You didn't know this, did you? No. No, you can see the cover of the book. There's the beautiful young man and then the picture. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Dorian begins to, begins to kind of just live his life, like, wholly focused on, like, pleasure and excess and vice. And with every, like, s- pun. <laughs> and with every, like, sin or cruel action that he commits, the portrait that Basil painted, like, ages horribly and starts to have these, like, marks of Weird. just cruelty on it. While Dorian stays young and beautiful. Weird. So, the novel is incredible. And I, like, I knew this in general. Like, I knew this going into it. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. I love, but it's really, really good. Also, not only are, I know I said everyone tweet at me what you think my Zodiac sign is, but no one did, so. Not only are Dorian Gray and I both Scorpios, oh no, we share a birthday. You really? We do. There's a line. I'm not going to be able to find it now, but there is a line in here. I was impressed at work when I read this, and it talks about, like, on this day, his birthday, and it's, it's like, my, I was like, oh, that's me. Like, hello. So Dorian Gray and I are both Scorpios, and we share a birthday. You're birthday twins. We are birthday twins, which I thought was very exciting. That, that's so thrilling that's content. So that's the general concept of the book, and it's, like, a really, like, Victorian kind of gothic horror, and it was the critical reception was something because Lord Henry Wotton was like a critique on like British upper society at the time. And a lot of people were very, very upset about that. They were yeah. Like, and a lot of it was, um, there was a lot of homoeroticism in this book and a lot of people shocking. were shocking and people were like, you know, Wilde, no, uh, in my good Oscar Wilde, <laughs> <laughs> 
homoeroticism. But yeah, so it had a lot of um, not so great, like, critical reception. Like, it's obviously, it has done very well since. Like, people are a big fan of it now. But I mean, yeah, the culture yeah. has changed quite a bit. The culture and has changed quite a bit. And it's, it's just a really incredible book. But, sorry, I'm trying to find a quick note that I found earlier that I didn't save. I think it was on Wikipedia, but I was on like 100 Wikipedia articles today. So I Oof. might just not find it and we're just going to have to move on. It's okay. Yeah, I don't think it's here. Okay, oh, so... No. Now that that's my book and I haven't spoiled it at all, and yeah, Jane is just perusing my Oscar I, Wilde. Yeah, I really my like assortment the, of Oscar Wilde. I like the one with the giant yes. head and the yeah. giant sunflower too, and it just says to Oscar Wilde. Mm-hmm. Just the sunflower is bigger than his head. I found it. You I'll found it? I'll save it for when we get to Wilde. So that's the plot summary, and now we have the tea. Ooh, I'm excited. And I'm. I picked this tea. So this tea is a um. Tulsi Sweet Rose from uh, the brand Organic India. And this is probably my favorite herbal tea. I drink it all the time. And I can only really find it at this one co-op. So every time I'm, I'm there, I buy like multiple bags of it because I need it. Yeah. And the reason I chose this tea, do you have any guesses? Is, are there, is, is he like in a rose garden in the painting? So I chose this tea for two reasons. One is pretty basic. So Tulsi is um, known as Holy Basil, is one of his other names. Uh, and I was like, isn't that so tacky to have a tea that's, that's also tacky. like Holy Basil for Basil? But yeah, the opening line of the book is, the studio was filled with the rich odor of roses, and when the light summer wind stirred amidst the trees of the garden, there came through the open door the heavy scent of lilac, or the more delicate perfume of the pink flowering thorn. That's... That, so, you know you win this one. Yeah. You've done some cool. stretches and in the I, past. And this was a book that I had, you know those books that you like mean to read and you pick it up and you read the first chapter and then you like put it, put aside. it down and don't look at it for a year and then you're like, oh, well, I have to start from the beginning now because I don't remember. So I've probably read the first couple pages in that section so yeah. many times at this point because it took me so long to read this book. But yeah, and it goes on to detail the painting of the portrait and the, all the men sitting around. But yeah, the garden scene, like every time I read this book, I'm like, so, you yeah. know, that's a really good choice. You've made yeah. stretches, you've made leaps, you've made bounds. You've made bounds. This isn't really But a that's stretch. not a bound. This so, is actually really... I'm proud of yeah, you. thank you. And I already owned this one. So here's our ASMR tea pour if you're new. Let's be absolutely quiet for the second one. Beautiful. And it's caffeine-free, so don't oh, worry. thank God. It's, it's late. Late. <laughs> We say it's 6.42 p.m. My bedtime's in roughly two hours, so. Same energy. Mm-hmm. It's still a little hot. Yeah, it's hot for me, but. It's very good. It is very good. I love, I am a big fan of this tea. We've had it. We haven't had it on the show. We've had it before because I've probably had this tea consistently. Not on the show. Not on the show. But I've just had this tea around consistently since freshman year because it's like yeah. one of my favorites. And you would always make me tea at night because mm-hmm. I'd be like, Mackenzie, I need yeah. tea. And you're like, tea. here. I will say, I know some people don't like this tea. Most of my mom does not like this tea because she thinks it tastes like perfume. I get it. Which I understand I get with it. The floral teas. Yeah. I know some people are weird with floral flavors, but I adore it. I think it's a lovely tea. So yeah, that is our tea. And I love it. That is why I picked it. So, and now we get to talk about Oscar Wilde. Da, da, da. The man. The myth, the, man. the legend. The myth, the legend, but mostly just like the man. The man. But yeah, so Oscar Wilde, 
um, was born in 1854 in Dublin to William and Jane Wilde. And both of his parents, I didn't know anything about his family really before today. His parents both have really interesting lives too. So William Wilde, his father, was an auto-ophthalmologic surgeon, which is basically an ear and eye surgeon. Hmm. And like was like knighted and received lots of medals. So like people really liked his work, I guess, as an ear and eye surgeon, which is pretty cool. How does one like... Someone's work. I mean, as I in, guess like it's the mid eighteen hundreds, and they're not like dying sure. or something. Like, yeah. he probably, I mean, like <laughs> you know, medical science isn't as bad as we sometimes say it is back then. But I'm assuming he was like, you know, if you went in with an ear infection, in, yeah, you came out cured. Like, you know, I'm assuming, or you came out with medicine and didn't die of an yeah, ear infection like, like a month later. Yeah, so that's I guess how. You All right, get, fair I'm enough. Fair enough. But I his mother, it. his mother, Jane Wilde. Um, under the pseudonym of Speranza, which is the Italian word for, I think it was for hope. Oh. Um, she wrote poetry for the revolutionary young Irelanders in 1848 and was a lifelong Irish nationalist. Wow. And she wrote under that pseudonym because she had, um, Italian ancestry. And yeah, she was like an Irish nationalist and like a lifelong supporter of that. That's crazy. Which is so cool. Like you never hear about like her. Both of them are really cool and you don't really hear about them. Damn you Oscar Wilde. No, he's cool. Yeah, he is too. Like people do know because like, you know, I clicked into like their Wikipedia articles and it didn't, you know, it wasn't like the first thing mentioned is like Oscar Wilde's mother. It was like, here's the thing she did. Okay, fair enough. And also she had a kid. So in fairness, I haven't done a lot of research. There was also a kid who became a very successful successful writer. writer. But yeah, so those are his parents. And he, so, you know, a pretty affluent, like well-to-do household. Obviously a lot of focus on education. And he attended Trinity College, Dublin, and Oxford. Really? Yeah. So he's... I almost went to Trinity College for a study abroad. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Could have gone to the same college as Oscar Wilde. I could have. Instead, I went to an old monk school. (laughs) In a cool city. Oh yeah, it was super. <laughs> it was super cool. It but it's a hip city. Old monks. But school. Old, I mean, we go to like a seminary, so. Sipsty. <laughs> Sipsty. And he became associated with the emerging philosophy of aestheticism, oh. like you said earlier. Mm. And after university, Wilde moved to London and kind of into the like fashionable culture and social circles there. And as a spokesman for aestheticism, he tried his hand at various literary activities, including publishing a book of poems, lecturing in the United States and Canada on the new English Renaissance in art and interior decoration. What? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Interior decoration. That one surprised me. You got me with that one. I mean, if you read this book, there are so many beautiful scenes of, like, just describing rooms. Mm. So, like, it doesn't surprise me a lot. Fancy boy wild. Oh, fancy boy. And he then returned to London, where he worked as a journalist. And he was really known for, like, his wit, his flamboyant dress, and his conversational skills. Mm-hmm. And he became a really well-known personality. Oh. Which is a little bit more rare in the... Nowadays, I feel like if you're a writer or a musician or someone who is generally creating art that is consumed by the public, it's very easy to become a sort of personality. Influencer. With social media, influencer. Yeah. But I think it's so interesting that he is almost as well-known as, if not more, for, like... Just his style and his flamboyance and his wit. Like, there's a book I have. I don't think I have it with me at school, but it's just, like, the wit and wisdom of Oscar Wilde. And it's just little, like, quips and little sayings, things he would say. And, like, he was very well known for just being, like, a person you wanted to be around, like, a personality. Which is so interesting because he also did so much really incredible work. That's awesome. I didn't know that. So, yeah. And then he wrote a lot of stuff. 
for someone who only lived to be 46, he wrote... He only lived to be 46? We're going to get into that in a minute, but yes. Oh, no. So the picture of Dorian Gray was his only novel. Mm-hmm. And it was, I, okay, it was published in either 1890 or 1891. So I was not entirely wrong when I initially said All right. 1890. Because it was published in, um, like, highly edited in a magazine, and then it was in 1890, and then he published a longer and revised version of in book form in 91. So okay. it's one right. of those kind of stories. And it's not a particularly long book, so I see how it could be published in a magazine. Yeah, kind of like Tale of Two Cities. Yeah, well, although Tale of Two Cities is a behemoth. <laughs> yeah, Tale of Two Cities is something we don't speak about. We literally covered it on the podcast. I, I know. enjoy a Tale of Two Cities, so watch your mouth. <laughs> Heathen. Let's okay, I admit, it was one of the better mandated yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. like readings I had to read, but... Yes. So he also wrote a series of kind of shorter stories, including The Portrait of Mr. W.H., which I own and need to read. I bought it at a used bookstore, The Story of My Life, like a year or so ago. Yeah, Story of Your Life. And he also wrote um, a series, it was The Happy Prince and Other Tales, which are children's fairy tales, which consist of The Happy Prince, The Nightingale and the Rose, The Selfish Giant, The Devoted Friend, and The Remarkable Rocket. And before you awe, these are not... You're, I've read, I've read this collection of fairy tales. I actually, two summers ago, um, worked with a community theater organization and directed a dramatization of these stories. Oh, okay. So I've, I've spent a lot of time with these stories. They're very good. They're very well written, but they are not like awe fairy tales. Like they're kind of. Are they more like Grimm's Brothers? They're not like Grimm's Brothers in that they're like dark and gruesome. So like the Happy Prince is about, um. My friend Nick played the prince when I did this. So I remember this. <laughs> I'm just imagining him on stage, you know, in his happy prince pose. So the happy prince is um, a statue of a prince that has been built. And he's beautiful and he's covered in gold and, you know, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And he has, like, jewel eyes and, like, a, you know, all this rubies in his sword hilt. And um, I can't, I think it's a sparrow. Or maybe it's a swallow. I can't remember the exact type of bird. But a little bird. Not like a glamour, not like a nightingale or some fancy, you know, like a swallow mm-hmm. or some unpoetic type of bird, like a common bird, flies up to the happy prince one day and he kind of is, you know, on the happy prince's shoulder and the happy prince begins to cry and the swallow is, you know, on his shoulder and is close enough to see it and asks like, oh, you know, what's wrong? And the, the fuck? <laughs> listen, it's a fairy tale. So no, 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 the swallow's like, the f- the <laughs> hey dude, what's up? Hey bro, oh, why are you crying? in our production was this like 14 year old girl in my sister's grade and she was so sweet and so talented. And she just had a little swallow puppet that she carried around. It was very cute. cute. But she's basically on the prince's shoulder and she's like, oh, what's wrong? And the prince is like, oh, you know, I have, you know, now that I'm, I'm up on this, you know, I've been built, it's a fairly new statue. And he's like, you know, in my life when I was a person, I was, you know, lived inside the palace and never saw life outside the palace walls. And I was very happy there. But now that I'm up here and can see the rest of the city, I see like the poverty and the unhappiness. And I can't believe that, you know, we were so selfish and I didn't know any better. He's like, you know, can you pluck out like the ruby from my sword hilt and bring it to like this woman who's starving, who can't feed her son. So the sparrow does that and carries it over to the woman. And there's a nice vignette with the woman and her son and sparrow like, drops the ruby through, like, the hole in the roof of their house so they can, like, buy food. And, you know, the sparrow comes back. And the sparrow also keeps saying, I need to fly south for the winter. I need to fly south for the winter. And oh, the prince is like, oh, but little sparrow, but I'm remembering it more as I go, man. And this, the prince is like, oh, but little sparrow, before you leave, can you bring, like, the sapphire from my eye and bring it to, like, the starving writer who doesn't have, you know, 
wood for his fire and his hands are cold and he cannot finish his manuscript. And the sparrow's like, okay, but I, you know, you're, you're not gonna be able to see. And he's like, I'll still have one eye, it will be fine. And the bird's like, okay, but I have to fly south after this. And he's like, of course. So she, I'm gendering them. I don't think the bird has a gender, but we just had a girl play the bird. <laughs> so yeah, the, fair enough. The, the sparrow or swallow flies the sapphire to the writer and drop, you know, brings it off and goes back. And the prince says, oh, can you bring my other eye to this poor person? And the, you know, the little match girl who's dropped her matches in the gutter, can you bring my, this last thing, her? And then he says, you know, the swallow's like, I have to leave. I have to leave after this. He's like, yes, of course. And then it's like, oh, little swallow, can you he's covered in like these gold leaves, this gold video. He's like, can you pluck off the gold leaves and bring them to the townspeople? And finally the prince has, and the prince has no eyes. So the swallow at this point is like the one telling him what's happening in the outside world. And eventually the statue is ugly because he is, all of his gold is gone and his mm -hmm. rubies and sapphires are gone. And the townspeople are like, oh, well, we want to take that statue down because he's not, like, beautiful anymore. And when they go up to take the statue down, they find a dead swallow at the base of the statue. Aww. Yeah, so that's just one of them. But they're And they're all really, like, beautiful like that. And some of them are... That one's less biblical, than, although the, that one literally has God come in at the end, I'm pretty sure. So, no. like... But they're very, they're very, like, biblical, too. They're very beautiful. And it was a really fun production to work on. And, like, it was different because you could tell, like, a lot of the people I was working with, a lot of the kids I was working with had never done a show that was that, like that kind of message before so they are gut-wrenching so we did it technically it was like a youth theater but like it wasn't yeah. fairy tales for kids yeah but it wasn't like grim fairy tales like it wasn't like bloody mm. and like dark meaningful really. fairy tales as opposed to cinderella yeah like it was really fun but those i could talk about all of them but i won't because that's a lot but yeah yeah so those are that collection he also wrote the house of pomegranates which is also fairy tales Lord Arthur Seville's Crime and Other Stories. None of these ones I have read. This other, like, short fiction. And he wrote a lot of poems. He wrote Ravina, um, The Sphinx, Poems, which is just a collection of poems, poems in prose, and then Plays, which is probably what he's most well-known for. Yeah. So we wrote Vera or The Nihilists, um, The Duchess of Padua. Probably once you get started getting into his famous plays, you get Lady Windermere's Fan, which is a society commentary, like, society, like, comedy. A Woman of No Importance, which is also that... Um, Salome, which was performed in France originally because there was a really strict ban in England at the time of um, having biblical characters portrayed on stage. And Salome was a story from the Bible. And then there was um, The Ideal Husband, which was another one of the like society comedies. And then The Importance of Being Earnest, which is probably his most famous work, mm -hmm. which I also directed once. So yeah. I have a lot of, I love Oscar Wilde and I have for a very, very long time. But I directed yeah. The Importance of Being Earnest in my senior year in high school and that was when I first got into Oscar Wilde because I knew I wanted to direct something and I was like well the school isn't going to give me any money so I have to find something in the public domain yep. and I have to find something that can be done relatively inexpensively in terms of sets and costumes and props so we did a very it was it was Victorian but it was a minimalist Victorian production mm. of The Importance of Being Earnest so that was kind of his work as and that's like everything I'm listing was published between like 1878 and 1895 he had less than 20 years where he was like writing That's and being published crazy. Yeah. because um in at the height of his fame and success like while the importance of being earnest was like still being performed in london um wilde was tried for gross indecency and imprisoned for two years mm -hmm. and there's a lot of information out there about his trial and i don't really want to talk about that right now because i feel like that dominates 
a lot of the conversation about Oscar Wilde is like, oh, well, he was tried for sodomy, which he actually wasn't. He was tried for gross indecency, which is different. It's like a lesser offense. Yeah. I don't know. But there's plenty of information if you want it. I don't really want to talk about it a ton. Um, he, after he was released from jail, he kind of lived in disgrace in Paris. Like, he didn't really, you know, his wife obviously was, like, not super interested in, like, a being felon. with him anymore. And also... Yeah. He didn't really have any money, and he actually died of meningitis in 1900 in Paris. Damn! Yeah, and um, so he's had a really remarkable kind of, like, life post-death. Like, there's still a lot of, obviously, talk and focus, and, like, his books are very famous. But um, in the 1990s, visitors to his grave in Paris began kissing the tombstone, leaving lipstick marks, and soon it was covered in, like, the red and pink marks, and there was, like graffiti and like flowers and notes and just like it was just an absolute like homage to wild and in 2011 a glass barrier had to be erected around the tombstone to prevent further vandalism <laughs> and they actually went in and like scrubbed the lipstick off of it which no. also hurt the, the complaints were that like the grease on the lipstick hurt the rocks but they were also like cleaning it probably hurt the rocks more yeah so like i understand but i'm also like this is the man who believed in art for art's sake and was just like yeah. obsessed with like aestheticism and like all that and yeah but admirers have continued to leave lipstick marks on the glass <laughs> and as some determined fans have actually scaled neighboring graves to kiss the ever because the, the glass wall is only seven feet high yeah so, and it's a tall it's a tall grave you can look it up it has like an angel on the top it's very beautiful but fans have scaled the neighboring groups to kiss the upper parts of the tombstone. You know, that's just... People don't play around. Yeah. And another, yeah. And another fun Oscar Wilde thing. Um, in the 1970s, Avenge Oscar Wilde became kind of a slogan for a lot of um, LGBT rights movements in the U.S. Oh, wow. So that was... Some, when I was buying these pins actually on Etsy, I found a lot of recreations of 70s patches and pins that were like Avenge Oscar Wilde. Oh, that's which is cool. Really cool. So he's definitely been remembered as like a queer hero. Like that has been yeah. like something that a lot of people still remember for him. And in 2017, Wilde was among an estimated 50,000 men who were pardoned for homosexual acts that were no longer considered offenses under the Policing and Crime Act of 2017. And this act is informally known as the Alan Turing Law. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. In that same, I mean, they were years apart, but in that same kind of sweeping condemnation. But yeah. So that's really Oscar Wilde, and that's all of his plays and things. And the quote that I wanted to share was... um, Oscar Wilde said that in the novel The Picture During Great, three of the characters, the three main characters, are reflections of himself. He said, Basil Hallward, the one who's very moral and can I, you know, is what I think I am. Lord Henry is what the world thinks of me. And Dorian is what I would like to be in other ages, perhaps. <laughs> Which is wild. Wow. Because you really are saying out of all your characters, you want to be the one who's just like out here, just absolutely like giving no regard, I mean, giving no regard for, like, anyone else or their well-being and just, like, having a good time, like, I guess, dude. (laughs) I want that to be my future, but at the same time, I think I have too much compassion. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. So, those are the three main characters. There are other important characters, but without really spoiling, spoiling it. Spoiling it. I think that's really as far as I can, I can go. 
But yeah, would recommend Picture of Dorian Gray. You might want to get a copy. If you, I would not recommend borrowing this copy. Although, the print is big, so it's easy to read. Yeah, I like me some big <laughs> print. I mean, you can definitely find this around. It's in the yeah. public domain. We yeah. probably have like seven copies at the library. But yeah, I'm thinking if I have any other fun Oscar Wilde things. I think that's really it. I just really love Oscar Wilde. And that was, that's... I've directed two plays and they've both been... Oscar, Oscar Wilde. Wilde. Although technically the fairy tales one was an ad someone else wrote it because it was adapted because the yeah. fairy tales were not originally written for the stage, but it's basically his words. And a fun fact about that production is it actually had bits of his poetry interspersed between the oh, scenes really? to tie them all together, which was really interesting. That's so cool. So I had a kind of a, a chorus of like young children. I had like 11 and 12 year olds, like delivering a lot of the poetry between scenes, which some people didn't like, but I liked it. Some people are suck. Yeah, some people didn't like a lot of what I did with that show, actually, but it's fine. I had a very good time doing it. Oh, no. <laughs> Not a lot, but, like, one or two people who, like, opinion I was supposed to be paying attention to because it was an internship. Yikes. Weren't wild about it. And I was like, I'm the director. And the people, the kids I'm working with are having a good time. And that's what I'm here to do. Yeah, I'm here to give the kids a good time, yeah. so... Um, yeah, that was Suck a very fun production. Man. The set for that is a giant garden. So my mom and I would just go into our backyard and we had this like weird vine thing. I don't know what it is. That, this leafy vine that grows on one of our trees that we rip down periodically because we don't want it to like... So we would just go Kill out. The tree. We, we literally ripped down like dozens of feet of that vine and just like covered the stage in like That's vines so ripped cool. down from our backyard and like had fake flowers everywhere. There was like a bird bath. Like it was a really wild set. It was a wow. good time. Mm-hmm. Trippy. Yeah. I enjoy that, though. Yeah, I, I like, you had been mentioning this book before, mm -hmm. and I definitely want to read it. Mm-hmm. So many books. But, yes, I'm going, yeah, yeah that's one I should read because it is a classic, and I don't read enough classics. You also don't have to have to read classics because people want you to read classics. I'm I know. I'm a big fan of, like, you don't have to read it. Like, as an English major who honestly always feels like people are like, you I'm like, no, I haven't because I don't care. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, mine's on the... <laughs> she just snapped the strap on her bullet journal so loud. So, mine's actually complete turn around. Oh and I don't think... Is it think contemporary? It is. Oh, boy. Have I read it? No. I don't believe you have. Watch, I have. So... I doubt it. It was released in 2018. I super haven't read anything that was released recently because I'm still beating the backlist. So I want to see if you'll know what it is. I don't have any mm -hmm. hints with me. I don't have, you don't have a pile of pins and necklaces no, I don't. to your author? But it is a book that is about the story of an individual from Greek mythology. Is it Cersei? Yes, it I is. I haven't read it. It has been on my list forever. Yes, it's Cersei. I literally was on Instagram today, and someone posted a picture of them reading it and how good yeah. it is. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, Cersei is a book uh, told from the perspective of Cersei from the Odyssey, mm -hmm. um, and it's sort of like a, the story of her life from mm -hmm. her birth to... I not... I guess... I can't, I can't remember the end of the book, which is probably good in this case. Yeah. But basically from her birth on, um, it's told from her. I already said that. Hold on. Gathering thoughts. Here we go. Um, 
from a young age, she's isolated as a child because she's not seen as powerful as her father, who is the sun god, mm-hmm. yeah, the yeah. titan, oh. um, mm-hmm. and not as beautiful as her mom, which was a nymph, uh, nymph right? Probably. Is that yeah, probably. They all have moms that are nymphs. Yeah, like, so that's I really what it is. So she's she's not a mm-hmm. nymph. She's not gorgeous. Everything like that. And the dude that she's crushing on real hard, um, because she's not attractive, he doesn't reciprocate those feelings, and instead he turns towards another nymph and marries her, who who is Cersei's arch-rival. Yeah. So naturally, we got a little bit of a love triangle going on here. Um, yeah. So, yep, here. But it's at this point where she loses the love that of her life, basically, but even though he's not feeling it, um, she figures out that she is talented in witchcraft Mm -hmm. and begins to, like, work on that skill and ends up transforming this rival into a monster. Ooh. Which you may know, I think it's Skilla? Skilia? Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Yep. I all Percy Jackson. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Monsters yeah. Monsters Island, yeah. and everyone's a guinea pig. Yep. <laughs> so she transforms her rival into a monster, and who swims away into the depths of the ocean because yeah. this all takes place in the ocean at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of this action, Zeus punishes her and casts her away on the island, which she will remain unless taken away by an Olympian or a mortal. Yeah. And. From that point on, you kind of see her anger and resentment slowly turn into her working on her witchcraft and transforming the island around her to a beautiful oasis. Yeah. And just, like, this magical little paradise, she, like, transforms the wild beasts on Mm -hmm. the like, tames them so that there's, like, wolves that love her. She gardens and just works on her witchcraft. And then from that point on, you kind of see over the years, the decades, the centuries, however long, what occurs around her. So you start, she starts, like, getting visited by um, Hermes, and there's a romance in there with Hermes, which I was not expecting, but I'm pretty sure is in, like, Mm -hmm. Typical Greek mythology, but it's definitely interesting to see a more modern take on all of these things happening. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at one point, she travels to... Can't remember the name. I want to say Creed, but that's definitely Crete? not... Crete. Yes, mm-hmm. Crete. Um, where her sister has recently given birth to the Minotaur, and she mm-hmm. helps to... Like, she's the one who puts it in the labyrinth and mm-hmm. sort of works at that. And during that time, she also helps, uh, oh, Daedalus? Daedalus? Daedalus, thank you, and Icarus with their escape. All and of these are just how I pronounced these names when I first read Percy Jackson, yeah, so, so don't cite so, Yeah, me. no. <laughs> um, and then there's the whole thing with, uh, what's his face? Odysseus? Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's a lot about her power as a witch and as a woman mm-hmm. and just sort of how other people manipulate her sense of reality and also just her life story. And it's really cool in the sense of it's giving you a perspective into one of the most hated characters in the Odyssey, yeah. I feel like. 
Everyone hates Cersei, <laughs> and it was really cool to... I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Nice. So that's a basic rundown. But, um... So, Madeline Miller, I didn't she know... She also writes Song of Achilles? Yes, she did. Yes, Song of Achilles was actually mm-hmm. her first book. Okay. It took her ten years to write it. She was also working as a high school Latin and Greek teacher at the time mm-hmm. and helping to direct Shakespeare plays. Wow. Teaching Shakespeare yeah. and teaching classics. Um, so, she was born in Boston but raised in New York City and Philadelphia she went to Brown University for undergraduate and then got a PhD at some conference of the arts that I don't remember, and then uh, Yale School of Drama. Um, like Quinn and Glee. No, you're canceled. You're fired from the podcast. <laughs> we don't mention we have that. To talk si- about Glee. Why? That Glee show was is an sing- important part of my upbringing. And no, my no. Child. But it's not an important my part of mine, and mine matters. You did. You watched so much Glee. I've seen every episode of Glee. I know, and it hurts. I didn't even give up when it got bad. It it pains me that you gave up on Glee. Quinn goes to Yale School of Drama. Oh my God. Anyway, that's why this is relevant. So the song of or song of Achilles was awarded the 2012 Orange Prize for Fiction, and it was New York Times bestseller. Um. Madeline Miller actually was awarded the Women's Prize for Fiction in 2012 because of that book and also um, got the Goodreads Choice Awards for Best Fantasy, which I think was for Cersei. Um, So she wanted to take the misogynistic representation of women in Greek myths and fight back against it, which is like her whole point of writing these sort of stories. Which I want to read Song of Achilles too. That's on my list. But, um, and I'm pretty sure that book fo- focuses mainly on the romance between yeah. Achilles and. Starts with a P. Can't pronounce it. Yep, that other yep. guy. <laughs> so she's I'm sort. Of, try. Yeah. So uh, she. P- p- <laughs> Patronus. <laughs> I know what it is. I can envision how it's spelled, but I cannot pronounce it. Hey Siri. What is Achilles' boyfriend's name? <laughs> okay, I found this on the web for what is the Kelly's boyfriend's name. It gave Check me it Kelly out. Kapoor. Kelly Kapoor? <laughs> no! Achilles! So, her entire goal was to take um, all the things in Greek mythology that a lot of past authors have just kind of ignored because it's like... That's how it is. Either homosexual Mm -hmm. or like female power in nature and they're like no 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 we want our cis men and our heterosexualism baby is it heterosexualism is that really (laughs) nope (laughs) i don't think so it's ality (laughs) but it's ism right now (laughs) anyways but i'm heterophobic actually <laughs> same <laughs> I'm, I'm heterophobic and i'm straight <laughs> um but fun fact Circe is actually going to be an eight-part mini-series on hbo oh, like i'm gonna pay for hbo but like- my sister has hbo <laughs> so the that was password sharing Streaming war. Yeah, Netflix is gonna come for our asses. It's not Netflix, it's HBO. I know, I but Netflix. they're all gonna come for us. 
they're all gonna come for the us. The one I validly pay for on my own is Hulu, and that's because I get it with Spotify. Accurate. Everything else I but mooch. I'm a moocher. I'm a moocher too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I thought that was super cool because I actually would love to see this as an eight part yeah. miniseries because it actually makes sense as eight parts, which you'll see if you read read it. Excuse me. So. That's kind of all I have on Madeline Miller. She doesn't have, like, a crazy story because, one, she's only, like, yeah. 40 years old yeah. and still alive. And also, like, she's written two books so far. Yeah. And, like, a lot of other things that look like they're probably publications where she... You know how there's, like, those books where um, a bunch of academics, like, yeah. write little chapters in them and it's kind of like a collection yeah. for conferences? She has a bunch of those that her name's on, but, like, those are her, her two books. major books. Yeah. Which, like, honestly, power to you if your first two books you... Are that like, well Yeah, well-received. Yeah. And the writing style is just, like, mwah, chef's kiss. Like, <laughs> it's so good. Anywho's it's... Are you ready for my funky I fact? Jane's funky fact. Jane's funky fact. Do we have a tagline now? I love that. Thank you. I'm never gonna remember <laughs> that. I'm, that's never gonna happen ever again. I need one for Mackenzie's tea. This is fun to say. But then it's gonna have to be Jane's tea sometimes or Mackenzie's funky fact. You do remember it, see? Oh shit. Wow, I already lied in 2020. Starting off the <laughs> new year. Is your new year's resolution not to lie? That would be way too difficult for me. You're fine then. (laughs) (laughs) So, I actually found this article on BBC Earth that, while I was looking for information about Circe in general. So, I'm going to pull it up just to have reference Mm -hmm. because I would like to um, give it credit where credit is due because it's actually a really chill, like, really cool article. Mm -hmm. And, of course, it's not going to load. Oh, boy, howdy. Hold on. Why? The Wi-Fi just... Gave up on me. Yeah, earlier the Wi-Fi tried to connect to, like, the wrong network, and nothing was working, and I was like, I don't understand why nothing works, and I was sad, and then it was just, like, oh, no, I really, to the wrong network. I really want this. Okay. No. Um, so it's called The Strange Inspirations Behind Greek Mythologies. Mm-hmm. Um, here we go. Let me see if I can reload it. Here we go. So it's basically about the strange things that happen on Odysseus's long journey home mm-hmm. after the sack of Troy. So it's kind of giving explanations for the various things. So for instance, for Cyclops, <clears throat> cyclopia is a congenital disorder where the orbits of the eyes fail to develop into two separate cavities. So, there, it's just a single eyeball. Yeah. And this occurs in mammals. Um, but only, like, very few mm-hmm. survive this because yeah. your eyeballs are attached together and that's, that's like, not, not fun. Um, and then for the giant part of Cyclops, it's believed that fossilized remains in the Mediterranean of dwarf elephants. Ooh that farmers found were the main inspiration for this. So, like, the skull of dwarf elephants and mammoths, they have the enlarged nasal cavity, which I don't know if you've ever seen a a mammoth in, like, a museum or something like that, but they do have this massive cavity where their nose is because they have the trunks. So, because of that, they believe that the farmers in the Mediterranean thought that it was... Like a cyclops type thing that it mm-hmm. could be the eye. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Like they're probably so small. Yeah, it? yeah. They're tiny little eyes, and Compared then to yeah, body. 
So they thought that that was like the eye cavity because if you look at a human skeleton, the big open spaces are the eyeballs. So yeah. why would these yeah. skulls not have gigantic eyeballs? So that's the explanation for cyclopses. Mm-hmm. For Circe's magic, mm-hmm. so you know how like the sailors in the Odyssey have um, like hallucination. They think that they're pigs. Yeah. And they're penned up and everything like that. Scientists believe, well, scientists, researchers, historians. People. People. They believe that Jimson weed, oh. which is also known as um, <laughs> datum stramonium, getting the scientific names up in here. It could be why the sailors acted so weird. It's related to belladone and nightshade. Belladonna? Belladonna, thank you. I can't read my own handwriting. So belladonna and nightshade, which mm-hmm. if you yeah. know anything about those two. Um, it contains co- toxic alkaloids that block neurotransmitters in the brain that cause hallucinations, delirium, and amnesia because the brain's the connections between neurons aren't processing properly. So it's like you've missed information. So basically it could just be that they were given a weed that is actually very common in the Mediterranean that caused them to have hallucinations and think that they They were were pigs and penned up. They were just given weed. Yeah. Drugs kill. Drugs make you think you're a pig, and then... Drugs make you think that you're a pig, and then you get caught by the pigs. you get caught by a sorceress who wants to imprison you. Going back to the Odyssey, um, Odysseus is saved from this fate when Circe gives him um, a something that he refers to as Molly, which is so ironic now. Um, something that's... Molly. What? It was Molly. I don't know what to tell you. It was weed and it was Molly. <laughs> it was weed and Molly. That's the Odyssey right there. Weed and Molly. Oh, boy. You heard it here first, folks. The Odyssey was just weed and Molly. All the drug-induced haze. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was Homer. So... Are you implying that Homer was just high? Yeah. 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 Probably. Probably. It, it was all those Greek philosophers. I don't know they, got they got a lot of things going on. I mean, American psychologists aren't much better, but still. But then again, American psychologists acknowledge that they're doing drugs. Do they? Yes. <laughs> the amount of professors oh that God. have mentioned that in their early 20s. Oh, I had a professor who was like, oh, yeah, we used to do coke off the, like, sinks in the hair salons in Brooklyn in the 80s. And I was like, can you tell me this? No. (laughs) But is it after hours? Yes. Yes. Was it after hours? That's determined on your your definition of hours. After hours, that's true. What are hours for a professor when they're just, like, existing? Teaching randomly, (laughs) like. Yeah. What are hours at all? What is time? Too deep, bro. Okay, fine. So Molly that it the Molly that's given to Odysseus is they believe based on his description, I think he said like a white flower with a black like stem mm-hmm. or center or something like that. They believe it was snowdrop or Galanthus I'm gonna get it. Galanthus Galanthus Rivula Rivulus. 
Nope, that's an N. Nivellus? Sure. Contains uh, galantamine. galantamine. I gotta write the first time. Dang it. Galantamine, which um, counteracts the effects of stramonium poisoning, a.k.a. Jimson. So, basically, she gave him the anti... The the cure for the drug that she gave the sailors, which is why he was fine and he had a time with Cersei. But, Yeah. yeah. So, those are, like, the two funky facts, but there's more if you want more. So, you have options here. Oh no, I have to make choices? Cattle of the Sun. Oh. Is that like Apollo's sun cattle? Mm hmm. Charybdis? I don't know what you're trying to say. It's the. Okay, so you got Skilla, Skillia, yeah. Skittles. Charybdis? Charybdis. Charybdis. Again, I read Char- Percy Jackson in fourth grade. You know, I'm getting Google Translate up on here. Charybdis? Charybdis. The other sea monster. So, yeah, so you got Scylla, yeah. S- Skittles. And tri- aren't they on opposite ends of, like, the... Yes, yeah. so she's in the rocks up on the yeah. cliff, and then he's the black hole. Okay. The, yeah, like, yeah. swirling will, will, whirlpool. So either way, you're screwed. Yes. So hold on. We're going to get this right. We're going to get it right. Where's English? There we go. Okay. <laughs> Are you translating it from Greek mm-hmm. to English? No, I'm just going to put it in here and have them speak it. Mm-hmm. Charybdis. 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 Okay, Charybdis, and then we've got Skil- Skittles. No. Skyla. Skyla. Okay, so Charybdis and Skyla. So those are your Skyla's other two. Skyla's like a pretty name, and I'm mad that it belongs to like a sea monster. A sea monster demon. Yeah. So you've got Charybdis and Skyla, and then you also have Lotus Eaters. Mm-hmm. So those are your options. You can pick as many as you like, and I will read them from this wonderful little article really that you can find on BBC. In the cattle. The cattle. The cattle. All right. Let me find them. Because I know more about. The lore behind the I know more about the lore of them in Greek myths, but I don't know mm-hmm. anything about like why. Oh my God! This article stopped loading Aren't again. Just cows? Like, isn't that a thing? I don't know. I didn't read that far into the article, <laughs> <laughs> and now it's not loading. So maybe we'll. It's a mystery. Hold on. Hold on. We leave you with third some times questions. the charm. Third times the charm. Here we go, baby. <laughs> okay. 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 Hold on. Sun. Odysseus and his crew eventually land on the islands of Thuringia. There we go. Thuringia, where the sun god grazes his cattle. These animals are sacred, but that does not stop the foolhardy crew hunting them when their supplies run short. Academics have suggested that the island could be modern-day Sicily. There is evidence of both domesticated cattle and their wild relatives... Orochs, 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 at Neolithic sites there, according to historian Jeremy Mc, oh, McNerney of the University of Pennsylvania, U.S. Of these two species, the wild Orochs is the more striking. It stood 1.5 meters at the withers, the highest part of its back, and certainly had the broad brow and Large curving horns described by Homer. Also, cattle were highly valued in ancient Greece. Mm-hmm. 
Evidence from many sites show that the in the Iron Age, cattle were highly prized for meat, for traction, and for byproducts such as leather and uh, probably tallow. Before coinage reached Greece in the 6th century, cattle were the primary measure of wealth. In common with other pastoral pastoral societies, the Greek prize cattle wealth, hence the emphasis on cattle raiding in the epic poems. Um, thus, the punishment punishment for pinching was brutal, blah, blah, blah. That was it. So, nice. never mind. That that was not a fun explanation. That was just why they were... That's why they were just so prized, I that's guess. That's why cows are important, man. That's why cows are important. Uh, important. 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 Yep. Boss. Boss. It ain't familiar. Now on our Twitter feed. Now on our Twitter feed. The TikTok we've all been waiting for. (laughs) You sound like a really bad movie trailer. The TikTok you've all been waiting for coming this year. We didn't make it or anything. We just thought it was really fun. Yeah, coming this Valentine's Day season. I mean, the TikTok's up. I posted it today at dinner. (laughs) Coming this Christmas season. It's. January fifteenth. It's the fifteenth of January. We're not even in the twelve days of Christmas. Okay, it's let's let's be real. Holidays last until the next holiday. Well, we've already had New Year's, so coming this New Year's Day. It's almost Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Coming this Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Yeah. That's Who the closest, knows? I think that's the closest. Like, yeah, that's coming this Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Yeah. yeah. So that's basically the funky fact is nice. just this BBC article. I think that's already on my want to read. Really? It, Seriously? It's not. I meant to have it on You might have seen it on mine and threw it Yeah, because I've definitely already. been wanting to read both of those for a long time. Yeah. So, I I just really liked this book. It was just one when I... Because I always look at the... Not necessarily the Goodreads Awards, but I look at New York Times bestsellers for the year before. So, like, yeah. I looked at the 2019 ones this year, and I pulled a couple books from there that I'm like, yeah, I should probably read those. Um, but this is, like, one that was super popular, and so I, like, put myself on a wait list for it on my Kindle and read it. So, it was good. I liked it. Mm -hmm. It was a good time. So. (laughs) I hope everyone can hear those really aggressive sound effects. They probably can. It was, my book was close enough to the mic. Yeah. So. Our shared book. Oh, our share book. So we're going to add a little new segment, I think, about just either updates, so books that we've both, if we've got recommendations from each other, books that we read that we were like, yeah, okay, I heard about this book from you out in the podcast. I read it finally. These are my thoughts. Or books that we've both read that we don't talk about in the podcast, but we both really enjoy, and we just want to kind of... Not necessarily give them a shout out, but just give a little bit more appreciation for the books because books need more appreciation. Also, we just love books. So they're probably going to be books that you've like maybe not heard of. Like we're probably not going to be like, this week we both really liked The Great Gatsby. Like we'll probably pick books that I enjoy enjoy The Great Gatsby a lot, but like I... F. Scott Fitzgerald yeah. is dead and also doesn't need any fucking shout out. So we like, really enjoyed Pride and Prejudice. You hate Pride and Prejudice. Oh, I hate it. That's why so I much. love Pride and Prejudice, but that's why we never covered it on Spilling Tea because Jane despises it and refused to talk about it. I don't really like though any of the like Victorian that's novels. Not Victorian. That's Regency. 
Okay, I'm Jane sorry. Jane Eyre is Victorian. Dorian Gray is Victorian. Well, I don't like Jane Eyre either. We covered Jane Eyre. I still don't like it. That's fair. You'll like this because it's horror. All right, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. But, so our book that we want to talk about, I actually had to pull it up because I couldn't remember. I thought I had the author's name. I did, but I wanted to make sure because I didn't want yeah. this up. So yeah. this is um, Girl Waits with Gun by Amy Stewart. And it's um, Cop Sisters number one. Is the series it's in? Cop K O P P. It's the last name. They're not like cops, although they're kind of cops. They're kind of cops. So, God, I read this book last January, like roughly a year ago. I think I read it. I read, read it, it over, over the, the summer. summer. Yeah. So this one is about the first book is about Constance Cop, who's the oldest sister. Did I get that right? Is she the middle sister? I think she's the middle sister. <laughs> I'm really nervous that I got that wrong. I think she's the middle she's, sister. Yeah, but she's the main character. Yeah. And she isn't... How do I describe Constance Cobb? She is not interested in men or domestic affairs or like... How many of us are really are? <laughs> <laughs> she is not into that. And... Oh, God. I read this book a year ago and now so I'm So She's not interested in any of that. She really just kind of wants to find the excitement in life. Yeah. And this book also, importantly, takes place in 1914. That's what yeah, I want to make sure we be, set a year there. Because yeah. you're like, okay, what? <laughs> cool. Cool. Me too, dude. <laughs> Same energy. 2020. <laughs> yeah. So she's not really interested in any of those sort of, like, home affairs. Her and her sisters live on a farm. Mm-hmm. And one day they're going into town yeah, and, they're, and this, I'm looking at, so a yeah. silk factory owner runs down their buggy, and a dispute over the damages turns into, like, a huge, like, battle between the two of them. Yeah. With, like, bricks, bullets, threats, like, he unleashes his gang on, like, their family farm. Like, it's really wild, because she has the gall to be like, dude, you messed up, fix it. And he's like, oh, no, no. I'll send my goons after you to shoot at your house, but I won't fix this problem. Yes. And, yeah, the sheriff enlists to help her convict the men, and she, like, ends up helping them out. Like, it's very good. So, basically, small farm girl Mm -hmm. goes to big city, gets hit by car, demands money, turns into a cop. Yeah, and the next book in the a series... A cop turns into a cop? <gasps> and more likely than you think. The next book in the series is called Lady Cop Makes Trouble. Yes! I haven't read yet, but I really yes. want to. And then it's like Miss Cop's Midnight Confessions. Miss Cop Just Won't Quit. Cop Sisters on the March. And the newest one, which isn't out yet, is Dear Miss Cop. Dear Miss Cop. Dear Miss Cop. I love I, it. Yeah. So it's a very good time. It's a very fun, just like mystery detective yeah kind but of novel, not but too not like, it's not dramatic yeah it's like not, it is but it's not it's not an fbi thriller yeah it's, it's not a thriller no no it's it's very fun i would recommend it we both enjoyed it a lot you gave yeah. it five stars on goodreads Good yeah i did because it was like, really good i gave it four stars so yeah we're close i give i generally rate up books like i yeah. go higher than Oh, it's also based on a true story. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, know that. That's super cool. Mm-hmm. So, basically, yeah. we recommend that you read that as well because it's something that we've both enjoyed and we just wanted to share it with it's everyone. A fun, it's a fun time. Yeah. Definitely didn't get enough hype. 
No. no. I, did, I randomly grabbed it in a bookstore. I was like, this looks fun. Never heard of it. Yeah. And then I yelled about it to Jane. Yep. And then I almost grabbed a copy at a used bookstore mm-hmm. as we were adventuring around Northern Western Mass. Yeah. Like yesterday. Yeah. So, anyways, do you have anything else to say tonight? Oh I'm just looking. Jane is currently reading Red, White, and Royal Blue. Which we will which talk about at I another time. I have wanted to read forever, I'm, and I've just not mm. been able to get my hands on it, because it's like every library, it's like, you can put yourself on the wait list and be the 30th person on the wait list, and Jane got her hands up, and she's reading it now, and I'm looking at it on the chair, and I'm like... Oh my god, it's so good. Book-wise. I started this morning, I'm on a page 160-something, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I am... Yeah. Reading through it so fast. It's so, 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 so good. Mm-hmm. Which we can talk about it more after Once Mackenzie read it. Read it. Reads yeah. it. I know. So good. All right. This has been an appreciation post for books. Books. We love them. <laughs> and they love us. And we love Oscar Wilde. The and only. we love Madeline Miller. We do indeed. All right. I think we're we're set. We're good. We're set. We're good. We're set. Let's go watch some Monster Factory. <gasps> Snack braff. Snack braff. All right. On that note, the, <laughs> what is it? You don't remember? No. The tea has been spilt and the, the covers. Tea is spilt. The tea is spilt and the covers are closed. See you soon. Yeah, maybe we'll be posting more consistently than we thought. All right. All right. Until then. Bye. Keep reading. Keep reading. Enjoy them books. (laughs) Bye. Bye.